Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh, and my pal, James Jones. Fortunately, we've all got a break from watching West Ham, uh, but England have come along. And basically done exactly the same thing. Uh, not good. England losing to Italy. Uh, 1-0 in the Nations League. Confirming our relegation from the top tier. Woe and concern and worry has spread across the nation um, ahead of the Qatar World Cup. Jonesy and I are recording this podcast Monday morning before that final Nations League game against Germany for Gareth Southgate's men. Declan Rice and Jared Bowen both rocked up for England duty. Rice played against Italy and who knew? Actually looked okay in a disciplined holding defensive role. Um, Jared Bowen was in the squad, didn't get a sniff of the action and has been left out for Monday's game against Germany. Jonesy, good to see you again, mate. Uh, Thoughts on having a break from West Ham and having to watch England instead? Hello, mate. Um... Having a break from West Ham was quite refreshing for for the first time in a good couple of years. Like for over the last two years, it's been like, oh, you know, just, just want it back because we've been doing so well, haven't we? But this was a, a very welcome break. Uh, I didn't watch the game on Friday night. Uh, woke up Saturday morning, looked at the headline, and I think the headline was Patriot as well. Yeah, but I was I was otherwise otherwise engaged, <laughs> um, and. Yeah, the first headline I saw was Helpless England Relegated by Italy. And I was just like, Okay, that's all I need to know. And I just and then and then I had flashbacks of Helpless West Ham relegated by Wigan Athletic. <laughs> just like I've been here before, nothing's changed. Um so yeah, I mean still to this day, my 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 lifetime supporting England peaked the Euros final. Yeah. In the third minute when Luke Shaw puts one new up. Yeah. And I, I 
I don't see us ever getting to that stage ever again. So I'll be car, honestly. I just, Jonesy. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know how you can be even remotely optimistic heading into this World Cup. Because major tournaments don't no. No. hardly ever just no. go to form, do they? Did you know no. France got absolutely humped uh, by Italy, I think? Something like 4-0 like a month or two before they won it in 98. Yeah, that's good. Really nice. There you go. That's yeah. point proven. In, all right, yeah. albeit 24 years ago. 24 no. years ago. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it could, it could turn out all right. But of course. There's nothing in there that's telling me that, oh yeah, you know, we've got a chance of winning this or we've got a chance of getting to the, the semi-finals again. But I just, I don't know. I've, um, I haven't lost faith, but feels like you've lost faith in everything recently, mate. This is like the third podcast on the bounce where no. I'm usually Mr. Positive. Three or well, two minutes fourteen seconds in, we were then to the record before you said that's it, no point. You, I suppose you're not going to watch it, are you? No, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Um. I love a good World Cup, but over the years, I mean, I really thought the last two major tournaments had kind of sparked the beginning of a, a new dawn mm. under Gareth Southgate's England manager. And like, it, it looked like it had done, obviously, with the final of the Euro, semi finals of the World Cup. And then you just, like, and, then, and now suddenly there's relegations involved. And it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's literally like supporting West Ham all of a sudden. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then we've got a World Cup around the corner, which. Um, is going to be won by a South American country. Everyone knows that because of the the heat. Hundred percent, they'll be able to deal with it better than anyone else in in the world. Um, that's the way I see it. And yeah, hopefully we do well. But this uh, Nations League campaign hasn't done anything to really get me excited for it. And I'm no, I know I'm not the only one. And yeah. I think you might be the only one that's excited and wow. optimistic. I'm not, I'm neither of those. I just, sorry, everyone. I mean, I know I appreciate normally I'm the one, but is this how you normally feel talking to me, Jonesy? No. I I was in a middling mood. Look, I appreciate we we didn't have much time to catch up uh, before we actually hit record today. Um, But is everything else okay outside of football? Because honestly, I don't know what this change in you, where this has come from. I think it's, go on. No, I'll be honest, mate. It's been I've been very busy recently, and my mind's all over the place. Um, and it's it's given me a very negative outlook on the on world, life, life. In the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help every time you turn the news on something else. Oh, some disaster's happened, and like you open your phone up in the morning, and it's just like if it's not threat of nuclear war, it's yeah. The no, pound, no, the pound no, reached the lowest point against the dollar in, in history, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, brilliant. This is great. Anything else? Oh, England got relegated. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what's that? We're in the relegation zone. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> this is this is brilliant. Like, I love this. This what a life we live. What a life we live. <laughs> we've been we've been sport over the last two years. That is the problem, isn't it? I mean, away from, uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair though, Jonesy, uh, at least um, what's it called? At least the bankers' bonus cap has been removed. So. Yeah. True. Yeah, that's good for us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, it, oh, good for positive. us if we worked in banking. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is is there um, is there a sports journalist's cap? I mean, there's, there's, there's certainly is one. Uh, <laughs> but, but I seem to have hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's an official thing, but uh... <laughs> yeah, no, it's just uh, just an industry thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, um, 
Oh, come on. I'm scratching. I'll tell you what, Jonesy. Look, I, I, this is sort of one thing to get you out of the mire. Um, in amongst all these fiscally challenging times uh, in which we're living through, um, I just went to Audi for the first time in a long time. Got about six months shopping for about 30 quid. Mate. It's absolutely. What a, what a store. It is one of the best places in the world. Five minutes extra than the drive to Tesco's, which is my usual go-to. And... Yeah, absolutely revolutionary. Oh, mate, like every single week. Every single week. Yeah. And, you know, you I don't could... know why anyone goes to Tesco's or Asda's or Sainsbury's yeah. anymore. Yeah, on like, occasion, they go to Tesco. Um, but uh, we'll do our normal our normal shop. Yeah. Either, either Lidl or Audi. We've got two. Uh, and they're building another one right next door to my flat, which is um, fabulous. Weird. They're got... popping up all over the place. You can't get away from them, which is fantastic. I got 12 yogurts for seventy four. I mean, do you know? Can, can you get do you know say twelve for one? That's like yeah, just like a smidge yeah. more than ten p each. Yeah, phenomenal before, value. Before Harrison came along, we we do a fortnight shot for about twenty quid, without without any problem at all, and that included like a big a big ham. Yeah, well, I've yeah, got two two kilos of chicken for eleven pounds seventy five. Yeah, it's wonderful. Honestly, I'm I'm telling you, I mean. You know, I'd be quite happy to have Audi advertise with us, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're quite at that stage at the moment. But, um, yeah, so just everyone knows this isn't a paid ad at all. But, um, yeah, get yourself down to Audi. Lidl, also outstanding value. I genuinely, I mean, this is a new one. I didn't think we'd go grocery shopping as one of our off-topic chats. <laughs> but I genuinely, this is real talk, don't know why people ever go to because Audi and Lidl are fairly commonplace, aren't they? Like, there's quite yeah. a lot of them. There's loads um, of them, yeah. Like, dotted around. I, so, it's five minutes extra drive for me. Uh, did have an argument in the car park on the way out um, about the state of the bloke's parking next to me. Um, my car is a convertible, and I had to take the roof down and climb out of the top of my car to be able to get out <laughs> because the bloke in next to me, there was only one space left in the whole car park. The bloke had... And I telling you like diagonal across like two spaces so i was like no sod this my car's reasonably small it will fit in there neither of us will be able to open our doors um so i got in uh got in the space (laughs) with about an inch either side of me fortunately the one on the other side who'd parked normally it was just their passenger door so they were okay Uh, and then i took the roof off and climbed out the top (laughs) when i got back the bloke's waiting there oh why'd you park like that for I was like, excuse me, sir, I think you'll see that my car is smack bang in the middle of those lines. And unfortunately, it's actually you who's parked like a wazzock. Um <laughs> So, yeah, a little terse exchange there. Did you use the word wazzock? This is what I want to know. No, 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 no. We didn't exchange insults or anything like that. Okay. Because um, I'd been but... quite impressed if you'd found a way of using the word wazzock in an argument with a stranger. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I didn't. I just felt that was like a, a PG version for the podcast. Yep. Um, but then, awkwardly, I then had to clamber back it, like climb into my car again through the open roof while he was standing there watching me in order to pull away. But I think he was, he was obviously just one of those people who's just out for like confrontation. Yeah. Because uh, there was like absolutely stacks of room on the other side for his passenger door. Um, so he could quite easily have just clambered over and reversed out the space if he wanted to. But yeah, waiting around um, for a 
confrontation. Do you think I'm in the wrong there, Jonesy? Or him? No. He was like, well, I would never have parked like you have knowing I was blocking someone in. I was like, my car is in the space. Like, <laughs> no, all you've your, done is prevent... There's a big queue of people waiting to get in the car park out there, like a one-in-one-out system. And you've decided that because you can't be bothered to straighten your car up, that someone else has got away. You're over two spaces. What is that about? Am I in the wrong or is he? No, you're well within your rights to, as long as your car's within the confines of the parking space. Which it 100% was, yeah. Then, then you know, you're well, you know, well within your rights to park in it. Yeah. He's 100% in the wrong. He was also giving it, oh, I, I'm not as, you obviously jumped out the roof of your car as I'm like jumping back in via the roof. He's like, see, if I was your age, I'd be able to do that in mine. As in like talking about climbing, oh, he had a Ford Mondeo, climbing over from the left-hand passenger seat into the driver's seat. He was going on as if he was like 85. The bloke was like 50. I was like, what are you talking about, mate? I was like, I'm pretty sure you're okay to clamber over one seat in your car. And if you don't want situations like this in future, perhaps just take the four extra seconds it takes to reverse your car back out, straighten it and park between the lines. Maybe that. This is so, yeah. it's so out of character for me as well. But I was in a bit of a rush to get back for this. And I thought, nah, my car fits in that space. So I'm going to do it. But and I don't feel glad about it now. And actually, now I've said it out loud on the podcast, I sort of think a bit of a knobby move. Or am nah, I no, you're fine. For... I, I think I think he was having a bit of a bad day. Um, you, you probably bumped into a West Ham and England fan, mate. Just, <laughs> that's just, that's just pretty despondent with everything, despondent <laughs> with life. Can't be bothered to do anything. Just yeah. wants to have a row with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pot- potentially, mate. Yeah. All right, fine. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll forgive him then. Uh, right, Jonesy, um, as far as uh, England, be a bit of a different format this week. All we've got to do is look ahead to the Wolves game. We'll have Will from Talk Sport, a big Wolves fan, on later on in the show to look ahead. To that game, that's next up for West Ham. But me and you, Jonesy, will have a little bit of a chat about England and looking ahead West Ham-wise very briefly before we chat to Will next. But it will be a slightly shorter podcast this week. Just so you all know at home, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. I'm at William Pugh underscore. James is at by James Jones. You can get us on Facebook and YouTube. Just search We Are West Ham Podcast over there. You can email us if oh, we are on Instagram as well, We Are West Ham Pod. And you can email us if you so wish at We Are West Ham Pod at gmail.com. As a few of you have done so recently, nice to hear from you all when you do get involved. Um, Jonesy, I'm going to leave this in the intro section. Now, we had a chat. This probably is one for, for off pod. But it's international break and and we've already done grocery shopping. So the amount of content we've got um, <laughs> just to just to avoid this podcast being a 25 minute intro and then opposition view. Um, I mentioned to you in the week about potentially very small scale doing our Christmas show as we do, like the intermediate Christmas show uh, as like a, a live event. Uh, in sort of London, East London, Essexy somewhere, the details TBC. Just a small, you know, we get sort of thousands of listeners as opposed to to hundreds on this podcast. I suggested maybe a 50 to 100 seat a theatre, uh, 20 quid a ticket, something nice and affordable to get a few of our listeners down in person. Uh, and you rained on my parade. I mean, 
the mood you were in at the beginning of this podcast, this was only over text, so I didn't realise how gloomy you were feeling about West Ham football and indeed the whole world. So it sort of understands, uh, makes sense of your response. But you weren't having any of it. I like your tactics, mate, because I know you're really keen and um, you've basically got me up against the up the ropes here because now <laughs> I'm now need to justify what I was saying to you in front, in front of all of our listeners, which is, which is great. I'll tell um, you what we'll do, rather than put you in an awkward position, shall we just say that was my idea. You had some reservations about it, which we can keep between ourselves. Shall we just put it out there and see if people would be up for it? I, I, would, I would definitely be interested to to know whether or how how much of our audience based in the UK obviously we're not gonna yeah we got, <laughs> yeah we got, we hundreds of people are in Australia are they yeah, yeah we, we haven't got the budget to fly to Australia yet no this one um, is true but um, anyone UK based would be interested in in coming to see us live um, wherever that may be I don't know um, for a for a fee oh yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like 20 quid a ticket. We'll have to hire a theatre out. Or whatever, yeah, yeah. Then I'd be interested to know how many people would, would be up for doing that around Christmas time. Um, yeah. I don't mind I don't mind saying my reservations. Like, I'm, I'm not afraid of, of kind of, you know, laying my cards on the table. Um, <laughs> no. But, but yeah, I, basically all I was saying was... You were um, basically worried we'd be sat on stage looking out at 50 to 100 empty seats just doing a podcast like this. Yeah, well, no, no, not, not so much that. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure we'd sell tickets. You know, we do have regular listeners, and you know, a lot of people do engage with us, which is great. Um, <laughs> We're the ones who are engaging. I think. Is it enough? That's what I'm saying. I mean, are we at the stage yet where we could, where we could confident, confidently sell fifty to hundred tickets to a live show? Um, maybe I'm just being, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just too humble. No. Almost, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm going. Oh no, no, we're not that good yet. We're not that big yet. I mean, obviously, hmm. we have aspirations to get to get there. Yeah, but are we are we uh, running before we can walk? I don't know. That that was the only thing I was saying. I'm open to the idea, hundred percent. So, yeah, I, I will be honest as well. I will sort of to anyone listening, thinking, oh, why is he being like that? Uh, the amount of actual research that's gone into this by me so far, the the prior to this conversation you're listening to now, uh, the entire sort of uh, research phase as included has gone like this. I had the idea. I text Jonesy about it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zero research into theater availability, where we do it, how much these things cost, how they'd work, how we'd sell tickets, how much yeah. we'd do it for. Z- it. It's gone. The, the ideas come into my head. I've gone, Oh, that'd be cool. We get enough listeners. I reckon again, zero idea of how many, like how many, of you are actually within touching distance of London, let alone fork out 20 quid or whatever the price might be to come and see us. Um, but I just thought it might be a fun idea. Yeah. And if it was an international break, there's no way I'd have broached it with you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know it is, it is a fun idea. As I said, I'm, I would definitely be up, up for it. If, if I knew that we would, that we could guarantee to sell tickets. There are so many podcasts that do a similar thing. But they're so big that they could, they can guarantee that if they stuck two hundred tickets up for sale, they they they'd sell them or at least sell seventy five percent of them. This much um, is true. Um, as, I'm, whereas, as I'm going down to Aldi, I can't really be afford affording to foot theatre bills right now. No, 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 I just yeah, I, I think that it's a good idea, but perhaps it's one for when we're when we're a little bit bigger. But you've got to look into obviously what it's going to cost, what the admin's going to be, 
Um, is there anywhere that would that would take less less than a hundred people that would be willing to to? Yeah, there's loads little like stand up comedy venues I've been to before. I don't I mean, know whether this can stand up comedy might can... be the perfect place for for, for us, wouldn't yeah, it? Actually, yeah, actually, might. might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, serious football podcast. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. sometimes. Yeah, we raise some money for charity, and uh, yeah, sometimes we have some stats to hand. <laughs> I, I suppose. I suppose we could do it, and then if West Ham is still rubbish at that point, which is likely, yeah. then we could just spend an hour, hour and a half just yeah. chatting about sheds. Yeah, shopping. Um, we could silly, just have silly yeah. stuff Harrison does to me every week. Yeah, like we can just yeah we could just do that. That'd be quite good. The we are West Ham Christmas special with no mention of West Ham United whatsoever. Yeah, just, just mundane chat. Yeah, yeah. Well, Robin Punter was loving it when we did the yeah. bit on the Queen the other day. Um, whether or not our uh, very brief the show of disdain for. Quasi Quarting's latest budget will go down quite as well. I'm not sure. But uh, look, I think we've filled a 19-minute intro section reasonably well. <laughs> Jonesy, there isn't much to talk about this week, we'll be honest. But um, yeah, stay with us because we'll look ahead to that Wolves game, look back at the England stuff next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, Jonesy, you said you're otherwise engaged for that England game. Uh, 1-0 defeat to Italy, relegated from the Nations League. Let's just sort of keep it West Ham focused, I think. Um, Declan Rice played pretty well, I thought. Um, I know the hope that everyone was sort of... Dis- I think just going forward, we didn't look very good. It's no crime to concede one goal in a game, particularly away to Italy. I don't think that's a crime. It's clearly going forward that's the problem for England at the moment. But as far as West Ham are concerned, Declan Rice plays in that holding midfield spot, which is a drum I've been banging for weeks. I've had widespread support from uh, colleagues and fellow West Ham fans since I made that point, by the way, about Suchek. Although we're on YouTube, I got an absolute <laughs> rollicking. And by the way, I just like to note, actually, I always mention it every week um, about what a good job Jonesy's doing on the, the YouTube. The subscribers are going up and the uh, video views go up and up most weeks. Uh, but what I like about it most is the engagement. And I was saying to you a couple of weeks ago, Jonesy, wasn't I? I was like, oh, yeah, I, just, I didn't realise that, mate. Like, I didn't realise all the comments we're getting on the YouTube videos. It's like uh, by far and away is where people engage with us the most. Um, so, and it all seems so positive as well. Like, what a delightful crowd. And then, um, yeah, I, it was after last week's, uh, video me my in particular my comments around Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek and Suchek being the one who's like better going forward or it's more effective when Rice sits and Suchek is able to go forward a bit more um there was one one of our listeners or uh, YouTube viewers or whatever who posted seven comments in response um, to to my thoughts of a negative nature as well, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, he wasn't very happy with me at all. 
Uh, but I actually took the time in the week, which I should be much better at, to reply to a lot of the people who got in touch over on the YouTube channel. Um, and it's all going pretty well, Jonesy. But you were absolutely loving me getting absolutely roasted, weren't you? It's normally me that people question. People mm. going, oh, James, what are you talking about, mate? And uh, I, I was quite pleasantly surprised to, to jump on to the YouTube and have a look at the comments that we were getting because I, I knew that that video was doing particularly well. And um, suddenly it was just a stream of messages from one one uh, user who I think a lot of it was, I think it was tongue in cheek. He was using the laughing emoji strategically well. Who he uh, was? Yeah, to kind of even hide his anger or just kind of point out that um, I'm only saying, I'm only saying all of this in like, I don't, don't need to be offended by it. Will. Well, I mean, um, fortunately, he did call you out on quite a few things and I enjoyed that very much because normally <laughs> called out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be quite honest, um, yeah, there was a few, uh, there was a few people who got in touch. Sam messenger. Good chat lads. Uh, worrying times at least give down to chance next to rice. Surely couldn't be any worse. Midfield is where games can be won and lost. Um, Moyes may lose his job if he sticks with Kufal, Suchek, Bowen, even Antonio. Fans want to see changes. Wouldn't be so bad if we had a few more points, but we haven't. Fairly like measured there from Sam. Uh, nice to hear from him. I did reply. Um, I did reply to that as well. A few people getting involved, getting stuck in on uh, on Moisey as well. Uh, Knight on the Tiles got in touch. John Jones, uh, who's an Everton fan, actually. Moise was with us for 11 years and he hasn't changed. He always plays his favourites no matter what. Leon Osman did one the same. But it was Audi alias TT, uh, who was who seven, seven comments. Uh, my favourite one, after sort of, you know, some, some fairly straightforward um, responses, uh, my favourite one was Mr Pugh. We are winning in the Europa Conference League, mate. We laughed at Spurs last season for... or No, he actually called them Spuds. We laughed at Spuds last season for being in it and they played a weakened team. And now you think it's amazing. And then before I'd replied, Will, are you taking the piss? <laughs> you said Moyes hasn't had time. Uh, sorry, Moyes hasn't given time to give underperforming players time or run of games. Cresswell, Fournells, Bowen, Suchek, Kufal have always given the most, if not all, of the season. That's our beef, mate. Do you actually watch West Ham? <laughs> and then, again, no replies for, from me. These are all in quite a quick succession. James, please stop Will from talking. <laughs> <laughs> He's now suggested that Rice going forward is holding West Ham back. Let Suchek go, slash bomb forward. He is good at doing that. Uh, and I did back up these these points with stats about the amount of goals Suchek scored in his first season. Ten Premier League goals, I believe, compared to Rice's all-time best of two. Uh, Will, Rice is fringe world-class at defending and attacking. I mean, he definitely isn't world-class at attacking. Like, Let's get that straight now. Suchek can head the ball. That is all. He's way out of form. Well, it's not all he can do because he scored against Tottenham with his feet and has done that plenty of times, uh, particularly in that first season. I definitely agree he's knackered and out of form. Uh, like he says here, and then um, yeah, watch the game, please. I mean, I do, I do watch the games. I assure you. Uh, and Pew, this is my fate. Pew, are you just taking the piss with that smirk? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're sounding like someone who does not watch us play. Uh, Lanzini, eight out of ten wins. So look, Audi alias TT. Uh, I appreciate that I made you angry. I did reply to you over on. Uh, over on YouTube as well. I appreciate you weren't very happy with some of my responses, but I have chatted, Jonesy, to a few people in the week, and 
you know, I was sort of trying to vindicate it or whatever, but I did feel a little bit vindicated by watching that England performance because it's the same again. When Rice plays in that in that base position, he he does those things that is required of a holding midfielder really, really well. And he did it again. He sat, he pinged the ball about quite nicely. He broke play up when required and didn't get these notions in his head that he wants to be the next Steven Gerrard or Frank Lampard, who's good at doing both things. He just sat nice and disciplined, let Bellingham do the other work. I'm not saying Suchek's as good as Bellingham before anyone says, but you know what I mean? I think that's how it works nicely. Yeah, I think I was thinking about this a lot after our chat last week. And I think a lot of it, a lot of the calls, because there are a lot of calls for him to play a little bit further forward. Um, a lot of that is down to two things. One, he's specifically come out and said that that's where he'd like to play. Um, he wants to start scoring. He's got a target scoring 10 goals a season, stuff like that. Um, and two, because we've seen him every now and then get on the ball, beat a few players, gallop forward, um, you know, create something. Um, there's suddenly that that perception that that's the only thing he's good at because it is very impressive when he does that. When he gets the ball and he beats a couple of players and you know drives the ball forward and starts an attack. He doesn't do that very often, but when he does do it, it's impressive. And I think a lot of people see that and go, "That's what he should be doing every game. Get him to do that every game." And I, I think that's what has led to a lot of people going, "No, he's got to play. He's got to play that 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 more forward role." Mm. Rather than just accept the fact that, yeah, he's good at doing that every now and then, uh, and yeah, he might he might have aspirations to play in that that role, but for West Ham, he needs to just chill, sit yeah. back, do what he does for England. Um, but his argument would be, well, I'm not going to develop and learn and get better no. at that. But then we're not going to get the benefit, are we? Because the better he gets at that, all right, I know we'll get the benefit with his value, but there's no good adding a couple of extra million or 20 million or whatever onto his already large transfer value, if it means that the process of him getting there means the whole team struggles. Do you know what I mean? Well, this is it. And I, I mean, I don't think his value, the, the fact is, is that his value is what it is at the moment due to him playing that role for the last two years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like, I don't think just if we revert back to what we were doing originally, like he's not going to lose value. No. Um, it's just going to get better at doing that role, which will just, think has a little bit more value onto it hmm. but I don't know I think that a lot a lot of a lot of it is just down to the fact that we've seen him do it a couple of times and we've heard him say that that's what he wants to do and everyone's gone well, well let him do it then let him do it that's that's his role from now on rather than go well, is it is it is the most, best for West Ham? is it is it is it is it counterproductive just to go, well, yeah, cut right then, Dick. You can't do that then, mate. And we'll just put the weaker player in, in the holding midfield and we'll just see what happens. We've seen what happens, haven't we? It's, it's not really not working. Good. Yeah. Um, so, exactly. I mean, it's either that or you buy a holding midfielder that can do a job a little bit better, well, much better than Suchet can do and then allow Dick and Rice to do it. But at the moment, we haven't got that. Um. You know, but have, I, I mentioned last week we've got Flynn Downs, a lot, a lot less experienced, needs a little bit of time to get used to playing at this level. Mm. But you don't get used to playing at this level unless you get game time, which yeah, is what yeah. I was saying last week. If that's what we want to do, we want to strengthen up the centre, the centre of the park. Then you play Downs in front of Suchet. Su- I've said so many times Suchet needs a break anyway. Give yeah, he rest. does. Yeah, yeah. Give him a rest. Play Downs for a few games. See what happens. These next three games are the perfect time to do that. By the way, mm. three very winnable games. Do it, yeah. but something tells me that's not going to happen. 
No, well, we look, we had that conversation last week. I thought Declan Rice played well for England. There was a few other um, players involved. What was quite fun, James, was watching England versus Italy, two of the you know biggest sides in world football. We were in the Euros final against each other last summer with four West Ham United players involved. Gianluca Scamacca played for Italy. He looked reasonably good, could have scored a header early on. Um, he was dropping off a lot more rather than playing that out and out nine, which did raise concerns among a few West Ham supporting colleagues of mine that once again, we may have bought uh, a Sebastian Haller, i.e. we've bought someone who is unproven and can't necessarily play in the system. David Moyes wants to play. I thought he looked okay. Skamaka, uh, Declan Rice, as I say, Jared Bowen, an unused sub and Emerson Palmieri came on in the closing stages as well. So that was quite a, um, yeah, that was quite novel seeing four West Ham, players involved in in a big international like that. Thilo Kehrer played for uh, Germany as well. He came on at half-time uh, with Germany losing 1-0 to Hungary. Um, and yeah, they, they lost in the end, but he came on at half-time and, and kept a, a clean sheet. Uh, Lucas Paqueta started for Brazil. They beat Ghana 3-0 in a friendly in France. He played 80 minutes, or just under 80, 79 minutes. Um, and then you add Corne, uh, Kusufau and uh, Suchek, of course, in in international action as well. Czech Republic played against Portugal. And there was a, a quite a fun picture I saw of Tom Suchek challenging Bernardo Silva um, with your curly head mate, Alex Crowell, getting involved as well, Jonesy. Oh, God. I'm glad, I'm glad he's OK, Alex. Yeah, exactly. Still playing, yeah. Uh, Maxwell Corne started for the Ivory Coast as well. They beat Togo in a friendly. Um, that was his 29th cap. That's pretty good. He played just over an hour, so nothing too taxing. And then, yeah, Sufal and Suchek uh, were, played for Czech Republic. They were beaten 4-0 by Portugal. So they're taking their club form um, onto the international stage. It appears, James, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, I think Frankly, it's easy for people to go, oh, well, you know, it'd be nice for, you know, don't want players involved in international duty. Well, wrong. You do want players involved in international duty because it means you've got good players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always nice to see players getting picked for their national teams. Um, I'm a little bit frustrated with with the Bowen thing. Though. Obviously, Bowen will, will beg to differ. Obviously, it's been the experience. But I don't know. Like, you've, you've, you've taken them away from club training and then you've just not used him. Yeah. Um, right. Why? It seems odd, doesn't it? Because it would. People are saying, "Why did you do like he? He took that bloated squad. There's players who aren't going to get a sniff. He picks Ivan Tony, doesn't include him in the first game. Jared Bowen, yeah, it's not going to get a, a minute on the pitch. Uh, Trent, it looks like the same uh, for Trent Alexander Arnold as well. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know really. It's because I'm surprised you've got picked. Bowen, to be yeah, fair. I'm, I'm surprised he got picked as well. But then if, if you pick a player like... So then not play him. Yeah. So they're not playing over the two games, which means that David Moyes has had two weeks where he's not been able to work with him. Yeah. At Rush Green. Um, obviously, Bowen's going to be like, oh, yeah, but I've had you know I've had two weeks away with the international team or 10 days away from the international team experience yeah. and all that. Great. The players will always see it differently. But from I think from West Ham's point of view, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Moyes is sitting there going, well... What's the point of that then, mate? You've just taken one of my players who's out of form, needs a bit of a confidence boost, and I've not been out to work with him for the last 10 mm. days. And for, for literally no reason whatsoever. One thing I will say is that people are quick to slam 
the international friendlies before, before it turned into the Nations League. So there is more importance, whether people think there is or not. It affects seedings for the Euros groups and all that sort of thing. Like, so I, I think it's great, by the way. Although we've yeah. just been relegated, but I think yeah. it's I think it's superb. It's far better than the yeah. pointless friendlies. Exactly that. So with that, you can't expect Southgate or all international managers to do as much experimentation as they may have done before, particularly when we needed to win both of our remaining two games to not get relegated, right? Which does affect our draw, our seedings for the draw for the Euros next year. We'll now be in pot two for the Euro 2024. We'll now be in pot two, which will mean we're going to get drawn against a, a team in pot one who are the, the stronger teams, right? So you can't have a go at him for not playing his fringe players for that game against Italy, which we needed to win to give us a chance of staying up. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, now to then not use him for this one, Seems odd, doesn't it? You think now, now we're down, you go, all right, fair enough. You know, just like whack a few of the fringe players in, see what's what. But all the noises are that either one or two of Sancho or Rashford are almost certainly going to be picked anyway. Jared Bowen's going to be the one to make way, isn't he? But then, you know, you never know. Like you said the same about Tony, didn't he? There's life after the World Cup. Um, So, you know, is it just... Do you, do you just get him involved? And I don't, I don't know, really. I'm not sure. I don't think I care enough, quite frankly. No, no. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning of beginning of the episode, though, is that like I cared a lot more about England a couple of years ago when there was just mm. a really, really feel good factor. The World Cup, World Cup sparked that. The Winter World Cup makes it feel rubbish as well. Yeah, the fact it's in now, Qatar makes it feel rubbish. No, I'm just, I mean, it's... The fact we're rubbish makes it feel rubbish. <laughs> yeah. It also, like, I think the writing's been on the wall for Southgate. To, I think he should have gone after the Euros, really. I know it's very difficult. Oh, to go my God. Go. I'm not even going to dignify that. Um, I don't know. The writing's been on the wall for his future as England manager anyway. Obviously, you can't sack him now. We're two months away from a World Cup. But I, I, think, I genuinely think that the writing's been on the wall for a while. And that's just not helping either. Um, not helping the fact that, yeah, I've, I've obviously I still desperately want us to do well, desperately want us to do well, but yeah, I've, I've I care less about it at the moment, and that's yeah, but it's yeah. just the way I feel. God blimey, this is this is tough. I'm used to be the one coming at things from from your approach. Being but, the one who has to pick the other one up is actually it, quite a tricky position to be put. Put it in. this way, put it this way. When I woke up Saturday morning and saw that we'd been relegated. Flashbacks of West Ham getting relegated and all yeah. that, and Denver Bar scoring twice, and then Charles and Zogbia yeah. making it free to at the JJB yeah. or whatever it was called. That's then. it, that's it, and drawing up Birmingham on the final day of the season to get relegated yeah. in 2003, I think 2002. We're quite actually quite experienced with relegation, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So thought we'd put all that behind us in the semi-finals. But, but also, I kind of uh, when England got knocked out semi-finals of the World Cup or lost in the final, absolutely devastated, devastated, tears the lot. Right, woke up on Saturday morning, saw the head die and went, oh, that's annoying. Had a look at the score, lost 1-0. And I, oh, oh, that's a bit annoying, isn't it? Oh, well, right. Anyway, coffee. Like, <laughs> anyway, like, yeah. That was literally, that was the only thought I gave to it was, oh, that's a little bit frustrating. That's a little bit annoying. Uh, well, who's in who's in League 2 then? Like the little yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, and little look to see who won't be getting, rele- uh, won't be getting relegated. And then I looked at Pot 3 to see who might be getting promoted. And going, 
oh, we'll be all right. Yeah, we should get out of that, those little groups. There's nothing, no one in there that should worry us. It's yeah. all right, we'll go straight back up again. Anyway, move on. Kettle goes on and I go, go on for the rest of my Saturday. Crack on with your day. That just shows that, yeah, like just don't really... It's not. I love the Nations League. I think it's a great. I think if anything, it's great to be relegated. At least like we've got something to be like to enjoy, even if it is relegation. It's like there, there's jeopardy involved now with internationals outside of major tournaments. Promotion part is going to be absolutely quality, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely same limbs when we go Buzz back it. up again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but it's just kind of yeah, just not not that bothered at the moment. But I will be in yeah. two months when the World Cup starts. Fair enough. Right, let's move on, mate. We'll have a, another brief chat quickly. Mark Noble, new sporting director. We haven't spoken about it. Oh, that's so, huge, so, huge so news. We'll chat, about, we'll chat about that next. Have a brief look ahead to the Wolves game from our point of view before we speak to Will from Talk Sport to wrap things up. Yeah, Jonesy. Mark, no, perhaps we should have led off of that. It might have been a bit more of a feel-good factor. I'm going to be honest. I flipping hope you feel positive about this because I do. I do. I've been I nervously, do. sort of nervously being underwhelmed by it to anyone who. <laughs> li- Why? Just, well, I'm nervous, particularly nervous of saying it on here because it's like blasphemy, isn't it, to say anything against Mr. West Ham? Um, yeah, I mean, announced as new sporting director. He's gone off to Harvard and got himself a qualification in business, entertainment, media and sports management or whatever it is. Um, He's played, you know, 20 plus years and been involved with the club for 20 plus years, which is which is great. His title sporting director, people, particularly on Twitter, were... Going off as if, as if like, wow, brilliant. This is all our problem solved. I don't know what, no, I'm going to go with my stance first so we can leave it on a positive, which will come from you. My opinion on this, and this is purely opinion. This is no inside knowledge or anything like that. My opinion on this is that, yeah, the Harvard thing, brilliant, like great. Um, the, the term sport, it's not director of football. I think that terms the the role has been the title has been given on purpose. Sporting director can cover quite a lot, can't it? My opinion is that he's certainly not going to be certainly at this stage sitting in front of any other you know Premier League sporting directors negotiating transfers or anything like that. We're supposed to have a bloke for that already, aren't we, Rob Newman? Um, and to be fair, in the summer we've we've made some some big money signing, so he finally does look like he's actually been up to something. I just find, I don't think, I, it's great that he's back at the club. It was always going to happen. I didn't think it'd be this soon, quite honestly. But I think the idea that Mark Noble will be, have loads of sway over over what goes on in decision-making or that, uh, you know, finally some power will be shifted towards into Mark Noble's hands as opposed to to the board, primarily David Sullivan. I think is wrong. It's going to be a lot of academy stuff and and they're talking. And look, I don't want to be completely and utterly uh, negative about this because there's lots of talk in from Mark and from the language came out of the club when it was announced about growing and developing into the role. So 
whilst I'm saying, you know, he's not going to be negotiating transfers with with other clubs, sporting directors, or he's not going to be an edu at Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be very much like entry level. Um, he might as well have been called a sporting director intern, mightn't he? Yeah, he'll wear a nice suit and all that every sporting day. Intern. Yeah. yeah, but he'll very much be doing the, the entry level jobs of that. Um, and yeah, there's lots of talk about growth and development. So I don't for a second think that in five years time, he might be doing all that. He's a very, very shrewd businessman outside of football, very entrepreneurial, used his money very wisely over his career and has got lots of other business ventures. So I'm not for a second. I think lots of football fans are guilty because he's got a bit of a Canning Town twang of thinking he's thick. He's far from that. Like, far from, uh, you know, he's an astute, intelligent guy. I just... I just think the reaction to it was a bit much for me, to be honest. I was like, okay, it's nice. It's nice. But, you know, all the stuff about I need to tell people coming to West Ham what it's about. Yeah, that's great. And I love all that. And it's brilliant. But it feels like what he's actually going to be doing, the the title sporting director might be a a little bit over over egging what he's actually going to be up to in the short term. Let's, let's have it right, though. The only reason why there was that reaction was because we've been so bad so far. Yeah, season, yeah, yeah. True. And everyone's gone, oh, it's funny. Yeah? Noble leaves and suddenly it all goes to pot. He's the reason, him leaving the dressing room is the reason why the players aren't getting on or they're, they're not they're not playing as well as they were last season. Then suddenly he's coming back in January. Everyone's like, wee, mm. title challenge starts in the new year. Like, <laughs> So like, I think that's why the reaction is what it is. But also, I, I, I think my view is that, yeah, he's not going to be negotiating transfers for the January window, not even next summer. Yeah. You wouldn't, really wouldn't want him to. You'd want him to kind of, Maybe be involved in those meetings, the, the scouting meetings, and you know the, the meetings that determine who they're going to target. Um, but I think just him being around in and around the club. Okay, he's not going to be in the dressing room, but in and around the club on a day-to-day basis can only be a good thing. We know mm. the impact he has at that football club. Yeah. So him being there and having a say in how the academy is run, like there literally is no one best placed. No, on this no, planet sure. to oversee the, the the development of the academy. Yeah, um, he literally is the only Tony Carr aside, literally the next best thing, mm. I think. Um, and he's he's lived and breathed it for the last eighteen years. So, best person for the job on that front. Then to be involved in, you know, he's going to be working closely with David Moyes still and, and stuff like that when it comes to recruitment. Rob Newman's still going to be the main guy, but to have. Someone like that, I think, can't hurt. Someone that, like and someone that actually knows the football club and just understands it, and has been the captain. <clears throat> um, I just, I, I don't think it can hurt. Yeah, okay, he's gonna, it's gonna take him a while to get get his feet under the table and really work out what's what. But um, I, I think that all a lot's been made of it. But I think there'll be times when we'll forget he's even there. Because yeah. a lot of a lot of the stuff he does does do. I mean, ninety nine percent of it is going to be away from the public eye anyway. You know, it'll just be oh, the academy's doing well. Oh yeah, of course. Nobody's been running it for the last three years. Mm. Like, um, like I just don't <laughs> think that. I don't think we're really going to see the the direct impact that he's going to have, especially not straight away. But we'll almost forget that he's there. I think mm. that will be the case, and it'll just. I be, I think I he'll know. be wheeled out a few more times than you think. 
I mean, I think oh, don't, I think don't get me wrong. Don't get me content. wrong. Because even this feels, does it not feel a little bit this like a sort of easy PR win with fans? Oh, 100% it is. 100%. It's like, but... If he's coming in January, fair enough. It's like, oh, but we like, or oh, you had to announce it in the middle of September, did you? Just yeah. at, the, at the time when the form's course, really bad. Yeah. And I mean, but right. at the same time, we kind of already knew it was coming. We knew he'd come back to the club at some I point. I didn't think that soon. I thought it was well, I mean, I was yeah, well we surprised. Didn't, we didn't know it was going to be that soon, but we knew that eventually he'd return. He's already spoken about how he, he's always he's always liked the idea of becoming a director of football. Yeah. Um, so you kind of felt, well, West Ham haven't got one. It's like the, the obvious thing that's going to happen next, isn't it, at some point in the future. Obviously, it's come sooner, sooner than we thought, but um, they've probably just fast-tracked that announcement a little bit as a, as a great little PR stunt in the middle of an international break while oh, West Ham is sitting, sitting in the bottom three of the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, I, I don't see any negatives. I was delighted when they announced it and I think it'd be good for the club. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to get that, yeah. Sorry, good, for go the yeah. good for the club. And I think it might give a, a bit of a boost to the dressing room because, you know, he's going to be yeah. the, at the training ground every day probably. It'll be a different dynamic, won't it? But I, I do understand. I, yeah. I just like to get that out there. I don't for a second think there's anything negative about it. No. I don't think it can at all make the club worse. No. I just found the timing of the announcement a little bit, oh. And then the way, for, it basically, I could see it. Like, if, if I'm not saying it is, but it felt like we're not doing very well at the moment. So we'll announce this thing that's happening in three months' time or four months' time. Which involves now, the one yeah, the one Mr. West Ham that... everyone loves. The one player that fans are going, oh, since he's left, it's all gone to part. Yeah, so, oh, exactly. look, we're bringing him back. Yeah, yeah. It'll yeah, be okay. all right. Yeah. So, I, I felt a bit cynical about that anyway. Don't know it for sure. That's just how I felt. And then when I was watching everyone lapping it up, I was like, oh, no, if it is that cynical move, which it felt like it was a bit, it's really working. Because look at everyone <laughs> going, oh, my God, yeah. Like, everything's solved. And I was just like, eh, I don't quite share the, I think there's other clear problems that, um, won't be solved by by this decision. But look, um, Jonesy, it will, just, you know, I'm glad. I'm just quite nice going back to our old roles, me being the cynical one and, and you shining yeah. a positive light on it. Wolves at the weekend, Jonesy. We'll talk to uh, Will from Talk Sport shortly. Uh, oh, don't know, I hate playing up to this sort of thing, but it feels quite must win. <laughs> I, I hate it and I, I'm still of the opinion that I don't think it's quite as bad as the table suggests and we're, I'm not going to repeat all that old content again Saturday night 5.30 at Wolves it does feel important just for just not for people like me because I'll be able to rationalise it but I think for lots of fans who are panicking at the moment and, and thinking it's absolutely awful I know it's not great but you know I'm saying if we got those points at Nottingham Forest and at Chelsea that's but we didn't, Will. We, I know, we I know. Points. I'm sorry, Audi Alias TT. I know we didn't. I'm sorry. Um, but I don't, it just feels for, for the less optimistic, positive sections of the fan base, for Moisey and all that, it feels like a pressure game. Uh, Wolves not exactly flying either. Uh, we'll talk to Will about it in a bit more detail in the next section. But just briefly then, Jonesy. Uh, your thoughts? They're one place, two points above us in seventeenth. Um, I think it is. It is it has reached a stage where it's must win. Um, I briefly mentioned it earlier that the next three fixtures is it Wolves, Southampton, Wolves, Fulham at home, Southampton away. I think um, like three winnable fixtures next. You win those three, and suddenly you're sitting in mid-table and you're beginning to look up rather than down. Um, lose against Wolves at the weekend. That doesn't 
give you a great deal of confidence going into the next two. Mm. Um, so for me, it is a must win. And it's difficult to call because, as you said, Wolves haven't had exactly had the greatest, greatest of starts as well. And I don't know. It's a difficult one to call. Um, We've had just, their number the past couple of seasons, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, after what failing to score against them for like three seasons. A million years, almost, yeah. They almost became like Brighton, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and then we batted them 4 0, didn't we? In lockdown. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, we've, I'm, I'm quietly confident. I just want to see Moyes make some of those changes we spoke about last week. Um, you know, Scamacca impressed for Italy, uh, yeah. Kettering, uh impressed for Brazil. Um, Get him in there from the start. You've had two days, two weeks, Dave, to really work out a system that fits both of those huge summer signings in. Um, let's make it work. Now let's try and do it. So I, I want to see him make those changes. Um, as much as I love the man, I'd love to see Suchek be given a rest. Um, wait, yeah, back definitely. Down, yeah, back yeah. Down, I mean, we've now well, got to a stage. It's like, well, what you're currently doing, what we're currently doing isn't working. Yeah. So... Now is the time to change it. If yeah, now yeah. is not the time to change it, then there isn't a time to change it. No, like it's got to be now. Yeah, um, and that's why I want to see. I wouldn't go as far as say wholesale changes. But no, I'd no, like no. See, I know what you I'd mean. Like to see changes in those significant areas. where you go. Oh, fair enough. Like, yeah, he's trying yeah. to do something in the here. midfield, yeah. up front. Um, he probably won't um, drop Bowen because he's not played a minute over the last two weeks, so he should be fresh to Daisy. Yeah, so stick him in. But you know, I don't know. I'd like to see Cornet. Oh, definitely, well. definitely, like, mate. Yeah, Ben Rama as well, in with a shout. Maybe Piquet yeah. to play a bit deeper like he does for Brazil. But just, I do know what you mean. That everyone will have opinions on what they want to see. But just something that, that everyone oh. goes, all right, Moisey can see there's a problem here. And yeah. he's trying to do something about it. Yeah. At 4.30 on Saturday afternoon, I want the team to be announced and me to be able to look at it and go, that's different to last season. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because right? yeah. at the moment, it's, oh, it's the same with Evan as last year, just with a different yeah. bench. Yeah, 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 like, with the bed like, slightly better, yeah. Um, like it's got to change it, and I really, really want to see that on Saturday. Yeah, agree, mate, agree. Well, look, let's talk to... Uh, score prediction, mate, from you, please. Um, I'll go 2-1. Yeah, fair I'll enough. Stand. I like that. I'm going to go with uh, one all, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, right. I'm just... Yeah, but anyway, uh, let's talk to Will from TalkSpot next before we do some brief final thoughts after that. So, ahead of this weekend's return to Premier League football and the visit of Wolves to the London Stadium on Saturday evening, I am delighted to be joined by broadcast journalist Will to get the lowdown on what we can expect from Bruno Large's side. Will, appreciate you taking the time uh, time out to join us, mate. Thanks for having us. I'm looking forward to it. Now, for, for anyone that's a little bit confused by your accent, <laughs> given that you're, uh, you're, you're a Wolves fan, um, but... That's not a, a Midlands accent, is it? You're you're from Sunderland, am I right? That's correct. Yeah, it's a bit of an uh, a bit of an odd one, and one that doesn't come up very often for many people. But um, yeah, it's brought up in Sunderland, born in Sunderland. But my dad's side of the family, all huge Wolves fans. My mum's immediate family, not so much Sunderland fans. Um, so my dad put it on himself, thinking I'm going to be a Wolves fan. First games he took me to were all Wolves. Named me after he claims he named me after Billy, right? My mum tries to iron. Argue that, <laughs> uh, and took from there. I suppose when you're when you're so young, you don't really have an allegiance to where you're from necessarily. It's just mm. you, you know your football team. Before I had any real identity of where I was from, the only thing I could think about was Wolves. 
And um, all my mates loved it. People, uh, people around Sutherland loved it. And uh, we were always worse than Sutherland, so it was annoying. And then uh, in the last few years, it's turned around. No, it's turned um, out right in the end. Then. Yeah, it's turned out all right. Um, but obviously, always, you know, there's always keep an eye for Sutherland results from um, for my mates. But yeah, it's uh, it's for me, it's for my family now, my dad in particular. Nice. I mean, I suppose most football fans will say that it's because of their dad and the reason why they support their. The yeah, and you know, it, it's not as if I support support like Man United or Liverpool. Like exactly, I, was, yeah. I wasn't really chasing glory when I chose all the Wanderers, was <laughs> I? No, exactly. That's good. That's good. Good story. Um, anyway, let's get into it. Uh, Wolves season so far, um, very similar to West Ham's, just one place above us in seventeenth, uh, two points more than us, but the same amount of goals scored yeah. in three and the same amount of wins with one. So it sounds like, or it looks like, you're having the same problems as us in that you can't score goals, which ironically means you can't win games. Yeah, it's a problem that we've suffered for a while now as well. Um, so just we can't score them as well. We, we never really look like creating many chances. And it's a bit of a problem. I mean, last year, we especially towards... I mean, we've, we've really been really missed Jimenez. He's never really got back to what he was. And we have been unlucky. He gets injured. Um, we buy a new striker within the first half. He does his ACL. Um, but, you know, there is, it's, it's something, there's something in there that isn't quite right in which we can't score goals. Like, we, we look so good until the final third. It's, it is one of them really frustrating things, which I'm sure is the same with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've looked um, not, I wouldn't go as far as say so good. Um, until well, I, I might third, have been pushing but... the ball out there, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've had similar problems in that you know, we've spent a lot of money on a striker, and Moyes um, just barely plays him, gives him 20 minutes at the end of every Premier League game. Um, but yeah, it's it's equally as frustrating for us, particularly given the, the two seasons we've, we've we're on the back of. But from Wolf's perspective, it looks as though Bruno Lars is. He's looked to address that, hasn't he? In terms of the striking, you know, three strikers in. I know one of those is um, Hwang, who's, who's joined permanently. But Diego Costa, that must be exciting. Um, and and who's the other striker? Uh, Klasnitz as well. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's addressing it, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. We did, really did miss a fork. Also, there's a lot of pressure on him. And as, when you've got when you've only got one striker and our backup's Fabio Silva, you know, as a young lad, you need somebody who can really think of a focal point. Hmm. And I think um, Klasnitz offered that. Like I said, he's been injured and it's just one of them things. You can sort of... There is a question of the recruitment, bringing in our... We've needed a striker the whole window to bring him in right on the end of the transfer window. If he got injured, if we got him two weeks early and that happened, we'd have time. Mm. Um, and they've tried to address it by getting De Higo Costa in, which has raised a lot of eyebrows. I don't know what to make of that one, really. I'm kind of excited. You can go one or two a, ways, can't it? Yeah. Well, we've never had a player of that kind of calibre play for us, really, who's you know done it all. Uh, and it could be quite fun, but also he's not played since January. He's 34. I think he scored like hardly any goals in the last three years. It, it, might, it might be one of them where he has like three great games, scores a hat-trick, gets an off, and that's all we see of him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll take that. I mean, yeah. I want hat trick again and pushing the ball out, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it would, it would double your goal scoring tally for, for the yeah, season. So top scorer for all season <laughs> yeah. with three. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But the other two signings, though, will, they're the marquee ones, aren't they? And Nunes and, and Guides, is, they're the two that everyone's going caught, you know, particularly Nunes as well. Everyone's going, well, firstly, no disrespect, but what's he doing at Wolves? Um, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and secondly, like, these are the sort of players that can that can help you get over that that problem in the final third. Well, Nunes definitely. 
he's a what I've noticed about him is he's got everything. He's you know he's big, he's strong, he's powerful, he's great on the ball. Um, mm. But and he's one of the few players in the last couple of games who've he's got on the end of crosses, like he's run past defenders from the midfield, and that's something that we've really missed. Mm. Um, so I think that's something really positive that we can get out of it. I mean, what is Pep Guardiola called him world class? And if Pep Guardiola's called somebody world class, exactly, yeah, um, you know he's up there and he's he stood out. He's really has stood out. Guedes, I think, is probably a, a bit more of a. I think it's going to take a bit of time for him, um, especially the kind of player they are. You know, you get somebody who's tri- quick and tricky like him from who's never played in the country. Can take them a bit of time to adapt, but it could work out. I, 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 this is there's a lot of murmurs around Lars at the moment. I think there's a lot of Wolves fans starting to get frustrated with him. I th- I'm not sure that's right. I think we need to give him a few more games. I mean, if you look at what we're coming up, we've got you. And then we've got Chelsea. I think we've got Forest after that. And, mm. and our next two home games are Forest and Leicester. Uh, so it, it is, and we've got Palace in between there away. So there's a lot of winnable games coming up. Um, and we really we do need them players to really, really, you know, stand up and, and do something, win us a game because nobody really is winning us games at the moment. Yeah, it sounds like it's a very similar situation at West Ham with David Moyes in that, you know, I know David, what David Moyes achieved at West Ham the last two years has been beyond anyone's expectations, probably even his own as well. Mm. Um, but now we've had a bad start, of, even though our expectations going into this season were high. And there are fans that are going, is he really the right man? To go to to really take the club forward, and I suppose that was that's kind of that was the question I was going to ask you. In that, do the fans really feel like he's he's the man to? I won't go as far as say replicate what Nuno did, Excuse me. but at least get you back, you know, competing at the, at the right at the right end of the table, consistently in the top ten. Obviously, Nuno did what consecutive top seven finishes. Um, is, is he the right man? I'd like to think so. You know, I'm one of them football fans who loves to try and give the manager a bit of extra time. I don't know what it is. It's, you've got two football fans. Yeah. Some of them like to give managers extra time. Some of them think let's get rid. And you know, sometimes you're wrong, sometimes you're right. I remember with Nuno, I was good when he went, and I wanted to give him more time. Um, but in hindsight, it was the right thing to do to let him go. Um, so those who in the camp of get rid of him were right. The large one's difficult. Um, I think he can be the right person. To, to, I don't think he'd be the right person to take us up to top seven. We did punch above our weight for a couple of years. We do have to be honest there. Um, and the board have kind of really set ourselves up, set the fans up for a little bit of a disappointment while saying we're going to be in Europe within five, ten years. Mm. But I do think giving him a bit of time, we do play some good things. Football, what's frustrating is that the, and this probably isn't necessarily his fault because obviously the way football clubs run now, your recruitment is all done by directors of footballs and things like that, isn't it? Um, we've we've just not recruited right. I mean, Collins is now suspended for three games. That means we've our backup um, central halves are Totti Gomez and Mascara, who's hardly playing in the Premier League. Same as in centre forward. So I don't think he's being helped there, but I don't think he helps himself in terms of changes or become very predictable. And... Uh, and, you know, we just, we don't, there's something, if you're not scoring goals, it comes from the training ground, doesn't it? And what we do is we start so well. So here's my prediction for the weekend. We'll start really well. First half an hour, we'll, we'll create a lot. We'll get in, in the right areas. And then we just invite pressure onto ourselves. And that's where we end up, not either losing games or almost losing games. We did it against Newcastle. It happened against Spurs. So he, he, he does have to change it around quickly. I mean, we lost three games, the first three games last season, but we looked like we we're going to go, go somewhere and it looked quite, it looked quite positive. But it's, 
I, I don't see it happen, changing straight away. We need a bit of luck. We need a couple of... I mean, we, we, the only way we're going to win is if we win 1-0. So mm. I don't know if he'd be the right guy for top 10, but I don't know who would be. It is hard to say. Like, we do have to remember at times that we are Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's what, our fifth season in the Premier League. And then you have a taste of Europe. You really, really you want it more, more, more. Um, we just need a bit of uh, investment. I, I'd like to keep with him. He's, he's, he's managing the top level. But, you know, it was Benfica and they're always in the top, the, the European um, competitions, aren't they? Mm. Who, who else could do, do it for us at the moment? That's the question. That is the question. I mean, I mean, when people, when fans were talking about David Moyes leaving West Ham, I was going, well, if he does go, then for me, there's an obvious one. That's Grand Potter at Brighton. Um, but he's now been taken by Chelsea. So you're right. Mm. I mean, or, or you go... Well, Brendan Rodgers is the other Brendan Rogers, but, but then he's squandering, squandering at the bottom of the league. So is he ex- now an attractive proposition? Exactly. Or there's Pochettino who's a free agent, and um, but that's an ambitious move. He's not. You know, he's so, going to come to, come to a mid-table t- side, so sides exactly. that were mid-table. Exactly. So you're right. Yeah. I mean, in situations like this, um, you're better off not being a Watford and just sacking the manager mm-hmm. for the sake of it, and. Um, and kind of sticking it out and hoping because you know, he, he was backed in the summer, though, wasn't he? It was 120 odd million quid. Yeah, he was. And the, I've got no, I think with the players with Sanov, you know, they do. I mean, Collins has actually looks a good, uh, a good buy. Like we said, Nunes is brilliant. We've signed this new centre midfielder, Traore, who's very highly regarded. Uh, I think the issue is, like I said, depth. I mean, mm. we let Connor Cordy go, we let Willie Body go, and, and, um, you know, Sice, Roman Sice left as well, um, including Marshall as well. He went. Now that's three centre halves, and we brought in one, really. Yeah. Now, and we've got then we let then Dunker go, who can mm. fill in at centre half. That is just doesn't make sense. If we get another injury, we, we're going to struggle, and it's the same up front. So, you know, it doesn't matter what manager you are, if you haven't got the depth and you haven't got the players, you're not going to get the, the results out of them. Yeah, yeah. That's very true. Let's let's get to to this weekend. Then you've already briefly mentioned how you think it will it how Wolves will will go. Um, I, I look at Wolves as since you came up, was it five years? Fifth season back, yeah, you came up years. and you had the you had the better of us for two years. We couldn't score a goal against you for two seasons. You did a double over us for both of those years, yeah. and then suddenly Moyes returned. COVID struck, and we we kind of then decided oh, actually now we'll beat we'll start scoring goals against Wolves now. Um, but we, but this is the thing. You beat us that four 0 didn't you? That, I that was the one. That was the one that kicked it off, I think. And we've, I think we've won three of the last four against you. But I think this is the first time since then that both teams have been in a very similar position. Mm. Um, and with West Ham in a sticky spot as well. I mean, do you think that Leeds should be looking at potentially, you know, taking advantage of some of West Ham's weak points? You know, where do you think you'd be looking at in terms of that? I mean. I th- I th- firstly, I think West Ham are suffering a bit from European hangovers, and I think maybe the yep. postponements maybe have done you a little bit of a favour. Um, we'll see. Yep. Um, where we go- I, th- I think we are best when we've got the ball. I really do believe that we can. It's just whether we can get in a position to score a goal. So, but then you're very good and very strong at defending against us. We're best without the ball. Yeah. Exactly. This is a problem, and you're the types of team who we. Honestly, I do struggle. I do fear a bit. I mean, the way Fulham played against us and the way Newcastle played against us was just be compact. Um, 
And I, we're not really a threat at set pieces either. I mean, I'm talking about this. It's, they've got no hope, really, have we? Um, but no, I, I, I would. It would be, I mean, it's one of them games where last season I'd have gone, you know what, I'll be happy with a point here because, you know, they're a good side. Uh, but you look at the table now and you think, God, we should be trying to nick a, a win against these. But at the same time, I think a point I'd be very, very happy with, to be honest, because I do think West Ham, are probably, you are probably just a couple of results away from kicking on. I do think that. Yeah, I mean, Will and I were discussing this earlier on in the podcast in that, you know, some fans would already be calling this a must-win game for West Ham. Others will be going, like Will, will be going, well, you know, it's not a must-win as such, but we could really do with picking up three mm. points. Um, I mean, in, in my book, it is a must-win. I think it's a must-win for both teams. Yeah, I think um, so too. I think, I think I, 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 again, I, I always try not to get too far from yourself, but now the Premier League is just so competitive. Mm. If you lose three or four games, you are in serious, serious trouble. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's Leicester down there. So it's Leicester, West Ham, Wolves, three teams you'd think would be top half the table. Yeah. You know, the teams who've come up, Look, I mean, Forest are struggling, but Fulham look like that they're, they're going to be a good side. Bournemouth surprised a couple of people for the way they've started. Now, it's not it's not like if you lose this game, we're going to get relegated. But, you know, there's a period now where we beat Southampton, but we, like I said, we've got you, we've got Leicester, uh, Crystal Palace. If we don't pick up some points, in particular a couple of wins, we are going to be in serious, serious trouble. Because then all of a sudden you're playing the big teams mm. in which you've got no chance. Yeah, so it's almost like, there's three leagues within the Premier League, I think. Yeah. You've got the you've got the top six, you've got the the middle sort of four, and then you've got potentially ten teams that could be in a in a releg- in a relegation battle every single season. Yeah. And if you I don't th- if you don't Yeah. If you're not competing in the middle of the top ten, then you're in trouble or you've got the danger of being sucked into trouble quite quickly. And there's always a team or two who look you know the cliched too good to go down, yeah. And we've we've got to be careful that we're not one of them or both of them <laughs> because yeah, exactly. Everton looked like they're improving. Um, yep. I mean Villa. I mean, look, it's what we've got: West Ham, Wolves, Villa, Everton. All really, de- all right. Leicester down there, and they're established mm. Premier League. You'd call them established Premier League sides, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and you know Newcastle's takeovers put them right up. So. Yeah. A, there is space for big, big teams to struggle now, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw it last year with with Everton, only just surviving. So, uh, anyway, how do how what's Moyes thinking going into this game in terms of Wolves' weaknesses? Is is he is he looking at potential area? Do you think he's looking at potential area to go right? That's how we beat Wolves this weekend. I think um, you know we've not seen much of your new striker, have we? Um, Skamaka, no. Um, you know, I, I would start him. Like I said, we're missing Collins, so that we were very used to playing three at the back. We've now gone um, three centre halves. We're now going two centre halves. Collins is now suspended, so you're going to have probably Totti Gomez come in. Um, he's good. He's looked solid in back three. You know, a three centre halves, a partnership with two back four is a completely different prospect so I would be looking to target definitely him maybe be a bit physical maybe a bit direct which I mm. assume is how you're going to play anyway um, I think that our midfield is our strongest place position um, we do win a lot of midfield battles if you can get on top of us in the midfield early doors especially Neves has looked frightening this season he really has looked unbelievable um, at times some of the balls he's playing in it's not just he's off the ball as well if you can get on top of us and win the midfield battles, you'll that's where that's where it'll be one of lost midfield battles, and then you know, um, targeting our backup centre backs. I think that's where the battles are. Good stuff. And, um, 
So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I should have warned you about this right at the beginning, Will, but I'm gonna ask you for a score prediction, mate. Oh, can I be really boring and sit on the fence and say nil nil? Nil nil. Well, yeah. well, to be fair, Will's um, Will's done the exact same thing and gone for Has one it? all. So um, yeah, I've been a little bit more optimistic and gone two one. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like sat- we have not had a Saturday game for it feels like years because obviously we've been in Europe. Um, so it's nice. I think the fans are going to be buzzing over there on a Saturday evening. Um, mm. And I, I just think you're right what you said earlier that we had the postponed game. We did have the game in between, but then we had an international break, which I think, I know it's cliche again, but it's come at the right time for us. It's allowed, it's same for us as well, to be fair. It's allowed Moyes just to, just to reassess things. And most of these key players have been away, but just to be able to reassess things and try mm. and work out exactly how to approach it moving forward because he's fighting for his job, really. I think. And same with Leisure at Wolves, I would have thought. 100%. And I think both teams really do need a bounce. I mean, we've got yeah. Chelsea away after this. If we don't win that, especially if we don't score again, yeah. there's serious, serious problems there. Um, it's, and I, I'm go, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going. It's the first time I've actually been there in the UAE. Uh, uh, nice. Um, over there at the Olympic Stadium. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. With the London Stadium even. But I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully... I would like to see some after that. You know what? I'd, I'd take a draw if it was three three. I really would. <laughs> Just get some goals on the yeah, board. Yeah, it'd be unbelievable, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, but we'll see. We, we could do with a break from it. I think Costa will be on the bench. I do. I don't think he'll start. So a little appearance from him might be exciting as well. Yeah, I, I don't know what his record against us is like, but from memory, my memory's correct. It's um, he it, it, it did like playing against us when he was at Chelsea. So um, mm. that might work in your favour. He might be rubbing his hands at the thought of playing West Ham on his Wolves debut. Oh, it's nice to have something, something exciting, an exciting player. You know, it might be he might be past his best, but yeah, I'm sure he will bring some sort of headline at some point. Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. Well, well, thanks for joining us, mate, and um, hope you enjoy uh, enjoy your first visit to London Stadium. Not too much, much, but I hope yeah. you enjoy <laughs> it. And uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. In good luck for you. Nice hope, you hope you stay up and do well. Nice one. Cheers. And next up, we've got some final thoughts from myself and Will. Well, there we have it, Jonesy. That's it for another show this week. Um, we managed to m- somehow make uh, <laughs> um, make a, an hour-plus podcast out of um, very little content to actually talk about. Um, we've got the... Views on that Wolves game this week, then the season really sort of kicks on. It's going to be a very, very vital period. Have you got anything to add, just in summary, um, looking backwards or forwards before we say goodbye? Nothing to add, mate. Um, I will be watching England-Germany on on Monday night, so I'm going to make an effort this time. Um, It'll probably be out. By the time um, yeah, we'll, we'll have probably but, played the game I, by the time you, know, you, know, you know listen what? to this. Do you know what? While I'm watching, I'll probably be editing this episode. So, there um, we go. So, yeah. So, I'll be doing that. But other than that, I'm just buzzing to buzz for Saturday. So, <laughs> you sound it. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting back over there. And um, it's going to be a good day. Good day. I can feel it. I can I can feel that we're going to win. Um, Dave's going to do what he should do. And we're going to be happy for once. I like it. I'm looking forward like to it. it. Well, I can assure any doubters that I will be watching West Ham, uh, as I have done most weeks for for the past 25 years. Uh, I will be watching West Ham. That will inform my views on, on next week's podcast. Uh, but joking aside of all that, we do love all the engagement 
I enjoyed replying to a few of you over on YouTube in the week. So if you haven't already, and I know we bang on about it every week, uh, if you're only going to follow one of our social profiles this week, go over to YouTube, search the We Are West Ham podcast, that Everton reaction, uh, 900 views. So there's still way less of you watching uh, the content over on YouTube than um, than listen to the podcast. 757 subscribers as well. Once again, way less uh, than download and listen to the podcast every week. So I, I see you. I see you. Those of you listening in, hearing me, urge you to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel each and every week and then just deciding you're not going to do that and skipping on and waiting for next week's podcast. Make this the week. 36 people getting involved uh, last week in the comments. Uh, I'm going to make an effort, as will Jonesy, I know, to uh, get back to a few more of you. Uh, so do that. We are West Ham Podcast on YouTube. We're on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. I'm at William Pugh underscore on Twitter. James is at by James Jones. We are West Ham Podcast on Facebook as well. We are West Ham Pod on Instagram. You can email us. We are West Ham Pod at gmail.com if you so wish. All the links included to all the ways you can contact us in the description to this podcast and don't forget you can buy us a beer if you so wish for a fiver each at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west Ham. money goes straight to me and jonesy and only goes on pints or equipment or guests for you to make the podcast better for you guys so that's buymeacoffee.com slash we are west Ham. if you fancy that and let us know as well uh, email us we are west Ham pod at gmail.com um if you think you'd be up for uh, a live Christmas show. Small little theatre, me and Jonesy on stage, get a few guests, a few beers with all of you, a um, little bit of interaction, uh, and as much or as little general life admin chat, be it groceries, sheds, or, or email admin, as you like. So let us know on that as well. I'll be watching West Ham this week. So will Jonesy. Thanks for listening, everyone. West Ham are still massive. And we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.